In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. I'd like to welcome you all to our Perseverance Family Conversation, and as always, it's great to be with all of you. And we always start out our conversation by inviting Mary to be with us. Mary is truly the Mother of God. Mary is the Mother of the Church. Mary is the Mother of each and every one of us. Also, we we call out to Mary and the Hail Holy Queen. And we call out to Mary as our life, our sweetness, and our hope. So together, as we draw closer and closer to the birth of Christ, born of Mary in Bethlehem, who wants to be born in our hearts this Christmas, let us pray the prayer that Mary loves most. That prayer is the Hail Mary. Together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Now let's turn to our spiritual director. Our spiritual director, spiritual guide is none other than the Holy Spirit. Like Mary, the Holy Spirit has many wonderful titles, among which would be He's known as the paraclete. He's also known as the gift of gifts. He's also known as the sweet guest of our souls. He's also known as our consoler. It's also known as our counselor. If that were not sufficient, he's also known as our interior master. He's, he's our teacher. St. Paul reminds us with these words, we really don't know how to pray as we ought. But the Holy Spirit intercedes with ineffable groans so that we can say Abba. Abba, which means Daddy or Father. Let's humbly but with great confidence turn to the Holy Spirit. And beg for light in our intellect and the fire of divine love to burn within our hearts as we pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill the hearts of your faithful. And enkindle within us the fire of your divine love. 
Send forth your spirit and they shall be created. And thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. <coughs> Our Lady Mary, Mother of God, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Michael the Archangel, pray for us. St. Gabriel, pray for us. St. Raphael, pray for us. St. John the Baptist, pray for us. St. Ignatius of Loyola, pray for us. St. Maria Faustina Kowalska, pray for us. All God's angels and saints, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. I'd like to welcome you all to our perfect Perseverance family, and how true it is the family that prays together stays together. So to give you encouragement today, I will place you on the altar in the Masses that I'll celebrate today. My friends, there's no greater prayer in the world than the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. And we should be internally grateful for this great gift that God has given to the Church and given to us. We should be grateful for this great gift that God has given to the church and given to us. So I'd like to place all of you on the altar with the following intentions. First, I'd like to pray for all of us that we would honestly try to be open to the Holy Spirit. To be open to the Holy Spirit. And we might pray this prayer, Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. My second intention 
I'd like to pray for your families, your loved ones, especially some of your family members who perhaps are not practicing their faith anymore. For many reasons, they have walked away from the church, confession, and especially walked away from Holy Communion, which is the bread of life. So pray that they would come back. They come back and in, encounter the joy that's experienced in our relationship with God. Only God can give us true happiness. And my last intention will be, I'd like to pray in a special way for the conversion of sinners, but especially I'd like to pray for the conversion of of deathbed sinners, those who are dying today and they're dying possibly not in the state of grace. That they would open up their hearts to God's mercy and be saved. The salvation of our soul is of utmost importance. Jesus says, what, did it, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and he loses his soul. And he loses his soul. So I'd like to pray then for the conversion of uh, of sinners, especially deathbed sinners. So my friends, let's enter into our topic for today. So finishing up the gospel for yesterday and moving right in to the gospel for today. Yesterday we had we had the Magnificat of Mary. I'd like to um, give some finishing touches on the Magnificat of Mary. Really, so much in this wonderful, wonderful prayer, the Magnificat of Mary. This is a prayer. This is a prayer, my friends. That the church prays every night in Vespers. This is a beautiful prayer that St. Louis de Montfort says we can pray after receiving Holy Communion to praise the Lord. And it starts off by 
the Magnificat is the prayer of Mary in the context of the visitation. And she says, my soul does magnify the Lord. My soul does magnify the Lord. Another way of expressing this would be Mary is saying, my soul praises God. My friends, St. Ignatius Loyola giving us these spiritual exercises specifically principle and foundation. He gives us the reason for why we're here in this world and St. Ignatius says we are here we are here to praise God. Of all the different prayers prayer expressions praising God is the greatest. Praising God is the greatest. And my friends, once we get to heaven, we'll be with the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, but also we'll be in the company of our brothers and friends, the angels. The highest choir, the highest choirs of angels, my friends, will be the seraphim and the cherubim. Right now in heaven, the seraphim and the cherubim are choirs of angels that are praising the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's right, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Though we on earth, we're called to praise God. And beyond doubt, the means by which we can praise God best in this world is by the participating in the holy sacrifice of the Mass. The primary purpose of the holy sacrifice of the Mass, my friends, is to Praise God the Father by the offering of God the Son and through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's right. To praise God the Father by the offering of God the Son and through the power of the Holy Spirit that we have in the doxology. So Mary teaches us the purpose of our life, which is to praise God. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. Then Mary says, and my spirit rejoices. In what? Mary says, my spirit rejoices. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior.
joy. I'd like to tell you an interesting story. When I arrived here many years ago, Father Larry has been the pastor for many years. When I arrived, he was pastor maybe for three or four years. And he said this. It's important that children have a portrait or a photo of their first communion. And he made this connection. Because when you look at a photo of a child that's made his first communion, maybe eight years old, seven, eight, nine years old, basically, what you see are these, um, excuse me, these characteristics of of a little child. You see happiness. You see joy. You see innocence. You see transparency. See humility. <laughs> For this reason, Jesus says, unless we become Like a little child, we cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Lest we become like a little child, we cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. And Father Larry made this connection. Now the child is not no longer eight years old, but 22. And there at Christmas, you mom and dad, you're showing a picture of your son when he was eight, now he's 22. And this is a means, could be a vehicle or means of conversion. You as mothers say, you know, I look at you and, wow, you mean you were, you were small. And there's a big smile on your face. Innocence. Transparency. Just a, a beautiful, beautiful presentation of you as a child. Then you say as a mother... Well, I look at you and I, I just, I just see sadness written on your face. You see, uh, you know, you, you seem to be very, very sad, very, very depressed. You heard that you're taking depression pills. And with uh, prudence, you might even tell your son, maybe during these, the Christmas break, might even say, you know, 
true joy comes from our our union with God. You haven't been going to church for the past few years. You haven't gone to communion or confession. You're not living with your girlfriend. Why don't you go back to church? Why don't you make a good sacramental confession? And as a gift to the child Jesus, start a new life. It's never too late. Start a new life. Who knows? If you do this, I feel that you've got really nothing to lose and everything to gain. He could simply brush you off, but at least you've tried. But maybe, through the grace of God, his conscience will start to bother him. His conscience will start to bother him. And maybe before Christmas, he will return to God through a good sacramental confession and be able to receive Holy Communion on Christmas Day. On Christmas Day. But I like that idea, Father Larry. You look at the you look at the picture, the portrait of a little innocent child at eight, after making his first communion with his hand folded, a smile on his face, humility, purity, transparency, and look at the 22-year-old who's maybe been taking drugs, looking at pornography, premarital sex, problems with drinking resentment in his heart against someone. You could just see it written on his face, a real sadness. A real sadness. That's why we're commenting on Mary's Magnificat as a bridge to arrive at the Gospel for today. And the point that I'm highlighting is Mary says, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My soul praises the Lord and my spirit rejoices. Rejoices in God, my Savior. True joy. True joy. And this life and the life to, to come can only be encountered in our relationship with God, our Savior. St. Paul, in his letter to the Philippians, says, Rejoice in the Lord. I rejoice in the Lord. They should see how unselfish you are. The Lord is near at hand. Philippians 4, verse 4. When the shepherds heard the angels, they rejoiced. How often do we have 
encounters between individuals and Christ and they rejoice. Christ gives them the joy of living. The joy of living. The joy of living. One more point on the Magnificat. Later on this prayer, Mary will go on to say, in all, gener- all generations, Mary says, God has looked upon the, the <clears throat> humility of his servant. Mary's humility. My friend, let's pray that we be humble. Let's pray that we have humility of heart. A humble person, my friends, is very pleasing to God. The two pillars of our spiritual life are humility and charity. Humility and love. Charity is supernatural love. And humility, my friends... Is simply, as Teresa of Avila says, it's the truth as regards ourself. All the good, all the good that I can do and all the good that you can do, all the good that we can do on a supernatural plane, on a natural plane, is simply a gift of God. Goodness, virtue, purity, honesty, all these virtues that we can practice are merely a gift from God that we correspond to. Humility also points out to the fact that our failures are our own failures. And Mary goes on to say, in all generations, all generations will call me blessed, for the Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Now Mary says, all generations will call me blessed. When do we do that? All generations will call me blessed. Every time, every time that we pray the Hail Mary, we call Mary blessed. And that blessed, that blessedness of Mary, Elizabeth will proclaim it by looking at Mary saying, Blessed are you among women, and bless the fruit of your womb. So every time we say the Hail Mary, we're putting into practice the prophecy of Mary, who said, all generations will call me blessed. So there we have, my friends, 
Just some finishing touches on the Magnificat, Mary's Canticle of Praise. So we really want to learn how to praise and worship God. Let's go to the heart of Mary and ask Mary to give us the heart, the sentiments, the desire to praise the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So from there, we move into the Gospel. All of this is the Gospel of St. Luke, and the context would be the second joyful mystery, which would be Mary's visitation. Mary's visitation to Elizabeth. Yesterday we were pointing out in the visitation of Mary to Elizabeth the various services that Mary most likely would have rendered to Elizabeth and Zechariah. Mary went there to serve to help out this elderly woman expecting her child. And closer Elizabeth arrived at her due date, the more difficult it would have been for her to move. Mary would have gone to the well to fetch water. for the home of Elizabeth. Mary, as we pointed out in my depiction, would have done this type of work. She would have been cleaning by sweeping the house of Elizabeth and Zechariah, the lady of the broom, Father Broom. Mary would have procured the preparation for the meals. We take it for granted. Our meals, we can go to a fast food place. We can get a TV dinner, put it in the microwave oven. We can go and get leftovers. We can make ourselves a quick sandwich. Or we can prepare ourselves a much more um, detailed meal. But back then it would have been different. Mary would have gone to the market, going to different market stations, getting the fruit and then the vegetables and then the bread. And then the cheese, the different elements indispensable to put together a good meal. Then the preparation of the meal itself. Then the setting of the table. Then the invitation of Elizabeth and Zechariah to sit down at the meal table and have a good meal and good conversation. You also mentioned that you also would be invited to sit down at that table 
and you would have been sit down at the table and have a conversation with Elizabeth and Zechariah and Mary. So Mary also is with child. Mary is a living tabernacle. Wherever she goes, she's sanctifying the place because she's got Christ with her. She has Christ with her. So, Mary is there for those several months. And finally arrives at the day in which John the Baptist will be born. So that's the gospel for today. So the time arrives <coughs> for Elizabeth to have her child. And she gives birth to her son. It's not written... But Mary could have been there to help Elizabeth in the moment in which she was giving birth to her son. See, this is a very, very pro-life passage. These two women with child, an elderly one, and Mary, very young, would have been a teenager, possibly 15 or 16. So, her neighbors and her relatives, her neighbors and her relatives hear about the birth of her child and how God, God has shown mercy upon Elizabeth and Zechariah. Don't forget that Zechariah still is is mute because he doubted that God would be able to carry out this miracle. God indeed can carry out miracles. He can. So he's still mute. So the relatives and friends <coughs> go and they rejoiced with her. They rejoiced with Elizabeth. My friends, we should fight against any form of rivalry jealousy, envy, backbiting, gossip, especially in these days that are approaching.
St. Paul puts in these words, Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. So like these neighbors and relatives of Elizabeth, let us rejoice with the success of others. And let us weep with the failures of others. That's a true Christian spirit. So the child is born. On the eighth day the child will be circumcised. This would be the duty of the father. This would be the day and also the eighth day in which the child will be given his name. <clears throat> given that Elizabeth only had one child, a male child, everyone was expecting that the child's name would be the, ch the name of the father. That is to say, everyone was thinking it would be Zechariah. So, they're asking, what would the child's name be? So the mother says, no. His name will not be Zechariah. He will be called John. So the people object, saying, there's no one in your family that has this name. So Zechariah is present there during this conversation. So they ask Zechariah, what is the name that you should give to this child? So they gave the Zechariah tablet and a writing utensil and he wrote John is his name. And all were amazed because everyone thought that the child would carry on the name of his father that he would be Zechariah. But no, the angel Gabriel had already mentioned his name would be John. The mother reaffirms this and then Zechariah himself writing on the tablet, his name is John. And all the people were amazed. They're amazed. Then, after these three months, three months in which Zechariah was unable to speak, he opens up his mouth, this is Zechariah, he opens up his mouth and he blesses God. He opens up his mouth and he blesses God. 
The last time he spoke was Zechariah actually doubted God. He doubted that he would be able to have a child with his wife because of their of their years. Now Zechariah opens up his mouth to bless God. And this will be the gospel tomorrow. We started off today, my friends, by talking about Mary's Magnificat. Mary's Canticle of Praise. And now we have Zechariah opening up his mouth to praise God. We, my friends, are called to to praise and bless God by our lips, by our words, but also by our lives. Then it says, And fear came upon all their neighbors, and all these matters were discussed throughout the hill country of Judea. Fear. Mentioning fear. My friends, there are gifts to the Holy Spirit. There are seven. Wisdom. Knowledge. Understanding. Fortitude. Piety. And fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord, my friends, is the beginning of wisdom. Fear of the Lord is a humble recognition within our lives that we are very weak. We're very fragile. We are very vulnerable. And all of us, like Zechariah, all of us can slip and fall very easily. All of us can slip and fall very easily because we're very fragile, we're very weak. So we should be humble and rely upon God and not rely upon our own strength. So let's rely upon God. Let's rely upon God and not rely upon ourselves. Rely upon God and not upon ourselves because our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Then the gospel goes on to say, all who heard these things took them to heart saying, what then will this child be? For surely the hand of the Lord was with him. 
let's see if we can apply the birth of St. John the Baptist, see if we can apply the birth of St. John the Baptist to our own lives. I think the first, the first interpretation application can be the following. As Elizabeth rejoiced in the child that God gave to her, even though she was up in years. This is a biblical passage that motivates us to defend life, especially to defend unborn life from the very moment of conception. And one means by which we can try to promote life against the culture of death is the promotion among pregnant women that are thinking about having an abortion to to be exposed to the ultrasound. Right, that's right, to be exposed to the ultrasound. And to see the baby that, that's within their womb moving back and forth. Dr. Bernard Nathanson, known as the king of abortion, who is responsible for close to 80,000 abortions back in the, in the, in the 70s, God touched him in a very powerful way when he was able to view an ultrasound of a baby within the womb of this this mother and he decided no more. And he was responsible for the production of that movie many years ago. The name of the movie is The Silent Scream. That's right, the silent scream. So that's the first point that we can glean from this passage, the birth of John the Baptist, to promote human life, to be strong, staunch supporters of the pro-life movement. The second would be, here we have, one of the points of the gospel today is the, the name of the child. So the importance of the, the, name, the name of the child. The name of the child is important, my friends. Over the past few years, I've, I've always, uh, since I was a deacon to the present day, I, I perform baptisms. 
I performed baptisms in Rome, in Argentina, and especially here in California. I've done hundreds of baptisms. I would say over the past generation, there's a modern phenomenon where And this is related to the gospel because the naming of this child was very important. They thought that they were going to name him Zechariah. And the mother intervened and said, no, his name is John. And his father, writing in the tablet, said, his name is John. His name is John. He said, I'm noticing more and more when I'm baptizing babies that the parents are giving the child a really weird name. A very weird name. Weird. And of course it's the, it's the duty and privilege of the parents to give the child a name. However, the Catechism of the Catholic Church highlighting the importance of our name that we will have the name that is given to us from our parents our whole life should have we should be giving a Christian name a name with a Christian orientation In other words, it's most common to simply give the name of the child the name of a saint. The name of the saint, of a saint. Because once the child has the name of a saint, then that saint will be the patron of your child as well as yourself your whole life. You know, the Beatles used to sing, Get a little help from my friends. Get a little help from my friends. Well, we can also say, get a little help from my friends. Our friends are the saints. I'll give you an example. In, in, um, in my family, my mom and dad, they had first four children were boys. And not only did my mom and dad give us the name of a saint, but also my mom and dad gave us actually two names. Now see really how wise my parents were in giving us two saints 
And the two saints that God gave to us, I just gave you the first four, where there are nine of us, but I'll give you the first four, were great saints. For example, the oldest one of the Broom clan would be my older brother, Michael Joseph. sent me an email this morning saying that in his parish there in Florida after Mass the people pray the prayer of thanksgiving of St. Thomas Aquinas in thanksgiving after Mass I was very impressed a beautiful prayer of thanksgiving by Thomas Aquinas in the church of Holy Family there in Orlando, Florida where my brother lives So he's Michael Joseph. That would be Saint Michael the Archangel. Saint Michael the Archangel. As well as Saint Joseph, of course. Saint Joseph is the greatest of all saints. Then the brother that follows me would be Thomas Peter. What a wonderful name. Thomas Peter, he actually has the names of two great apostles, St. Thomas the Apostle and St. Peter. Now the brother that follows him would be Christopher James. And my sister that was born, Victoria. Finally, my parents had a had a daughter, Victoria, a lady of victories, Victory, Victoria Ann. And my formal name would be Claude Edward. That's my real first name is Claude. Maybe you don't know, but Claude. Claude, St. Claude was the spiritual director of St. Margaret Mary Ella Cook, who is the recipient of the apparitions of the Sacred Heart of Jesus that I have here in my studio, the Sacred Heart and the nun kneeling down is St. Margaret Mary Ella Cook. My first name is Edward, which would be St. Edward the Confessor, who was a great king that lived a thousand years ago in England. A very holy, good, kind, just king, St. Edward the Confessor. So what I'm saying, my friends... And I just recognize that the the Word of God is so rich. There's so many gems, jewels, blessings that flow from meditating upon the Word of God. Is the importance of properly naming your child. 
naming your child after a saint. And then once confirmation arrives, another name can be chosen or you could choose, you could keep your same name. But I think it's good to have another name. For example, my confirmation is St. Paul. I see now that I'm a priest, I'm a missionary priest giving missions throughout Los Angeles. I really have a missionary spirit to me. I asked St. Paul to help me out. So my friends, this has been a very good conversation. I'd like to invite all of you to be missionaries and to share our conversation with all of your friends. Let our Perseverance family grow in number but also in holiness. And may God bless you. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.